I joined Tesla as an engineering technician for the same team, new product introductions. I did promote as a TPM a year and a half later. I know it's pretty quick, but in Tesla, there's just a lot of people that you work with. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Tech Exploited. I'm your host, Sharon Pack, and today I'll be interviewing my good friend, Eric Castellanos, who's working as a technical project manager, or TPM for short, on Tesla's new product introduction team. Eric, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. Somehow I didn't know that you had an associate's degree in something like completely not engineering related up until last night. <laughs> right. So yeah, that was like crazy to me. Could you talk a little bit more about that and why I decided to pivot from more of like a sciences background, right, into mm-hmm, engineering? Definitely. I went to a community college first. My idea was... It's not about prestige, it's about saving money because in the end, you know, you have to pay everything back. So I started off there and I began taking general education courses. I was like, you know, let let me feel a little bit what I actually want to do. Do I want to do biology? Do I want to do history? I actually love history. I was like, or do I want to do chemistry? So I began kind of like taking different courses, meeting a variety of different people. So I realized that I leaned more towards physics and more towards CAD design. And I was like, okay, look, so it looks like I'm leaning more towards mechanical engineering. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that. So I did take four years at a community college for that reason. But at the same time, I was also a part-time automotive technician at Ford. I like being efficient where I can. So if I'm taking a little bit longer in education, I can at least get experience hands-on. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's huge because a lot of times I feel like people don't know what they want to do. And so taking that extra time, actually figure out what you like and what you want to go study, that is really big. Now I can say that you really like your job because Mm -hmm. you go explore other areas. Yeah, exactly. You're talking a little bit about how you were a technician at Ford. Was that Mm -hmm. while you were at Cal State Fullerton or... Mm-hmm. It was during my stay at community college as well as at Fullerton. So I was doing it for a while, about uh, close to five years. Oh, wow. And is that kind of what propelled you into like mechanical engineering too, was your technician role? Yes, definitely. So I began getting hands-on on engine repairs as well as transmission repairs. Mm-hmm. And I began seeing that I like you know working with my hands and being able to understand how to repair an engine, vehicles, cars, different brands and companies. Uh, You began to learn a little bit of the insides on parts. A lot of companies share the same parts. And it began to give me ideas on why do people use the same parts? How are they designed? And then my mind just kept going on and on. And I was like, okay, you know what? I want to kind of lean more towards the automotive industry if possible. That's where I want to go. You know, the degree that I want to pursue, which was mechanical engineering. And so from Ford, you got an opportunity to do a project with NASA. And so what made you want to pivot from the automotive industry? Obviously, you work in the automotive industry now. But while you're in college, what made you want to go explore that? Definitely. So I knew that ever since I was little, I know I'm I'm stepping away, step back. I actually really love space. I had like a mini solar system on my ceiling. And I was like, wow, what if, you know, I only know automotive since I was a technician. But what if something like a larger scale project based industry interests me like space? It was kind of like an academy that you have to apply to, which is called NASA L-Space Academy and got accepted. And it kind of gave me exposure to aerospace long-term projects. For example, maybe you want to land a rover on the moon or, you know, maybe land something in one of Jupiter's moons. Mm -hmm. Those are just a few examples, but I thought it was very interesting to dive into that and see, you know, how it was like, and then maybe if it's something I would like doing. Yeah. So I think it was good to try that. Gotcha. And so you said that you were a part of the L-Space Uh, program with NASA. So what is that? Like, how did you even hear about it? How did you get into that program? 
Yeah, so I was also a part of another org called the, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that give exposure to different orgs or different programs or different opportunities like internships, you know, other job opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I heard it from there, my org. A couple of reps came to a meeting and they introduced us to the academy and kind of told us what it was about and who would like to apply. So that's kind of how I gained the exposure. And they gave their pitch and I was like, well, you know what? I actually really like this. You know, let's try it out. It won't hurt. And so is that majorly for like upperclassmen, lowerclassmen? Is it all across the board? What were the eligibility requirements for you to apply? It's like national in the U.S. Mm. as far as I know. And as long as you're in any college, you can join. Once you graduate, you can no longer take the course. So they do keep track of what university you go to. Mm. And a couple of the requirements... They don't look at GPA. They want to know about your character, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they kind of make you write a couple essays on what you believe in in education, what Mm -hmm. your background is, what you are pursuing, and that sort of thing. So then from there, they kind of evaluate you just based off your characteristics. That's awesome. And so then what did you do while you're in that program? I had to do with being able to discover water ice on the moon. Okay. And then being able to gain its characteristics on what kind of deposits it contained. Mm Mm-hmm. It would evaluate if there was life on the moon at some point or not. Mm. So how, how would you physically be able to go and be able to pick some of those specimens? Mm-hmm. And how would you bring it back? Be kind of like a payload style. So there's already, yeah. you know, motherboard in orbit of the moon. So they give you all those constraints, uh, scenarios, and then you kind of had to figure out within a budget how you're going to do it and how realistic is your mission. That's super cool. And so then after getting that experience at both Ford, which is like a huge automotive company and NASA, which is iconic in space, how did you pick what you wanted to do ultimately between the two afterwards? For NASA and other aerospace companies, the projects were really long, as I Mm -hmm. said. So I began to notice that I kind of want to see results right away. I really like the idea. I love, you know, the concept of it, but I want to see results immediately. Mm -hmm. So then I knew that um, automotive industry, you know, every year they're coming out with a new vehicle. They're rebranding and refreshing it. Every couple of years, they come out with a complete refresh of a vehicle. And I was like, you know what? I actually want to focus more on that, do more projects, you know, in a shorter amount of time. I guess you can say like in a higher pace environment. That's something I want to pivot more towards. I can attest to that too, right? Because I work in the aerospace industry. And like you said, when we start a brand new project, it takes 5, 10, 15, 20 years. <laughs> right? Really? Versus exactly. like, you're pushing out a new car every single year and making updates all the time. So yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. And so now you have a really successful career at Tesla as a technical project manager. And I think that Tesla obviously is like another iconic company in terms of the electric vehicle industry. Everyone knows what the Tesla is. I like to joke that Tesla is like the Apple of electric cars. (laughs) Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, we're very innovative. Yeah. I mean, you might disagree because you have an Android, but... (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) You got me. Why are you exposing me here? (laughs) But yeah, Tesla is an iconic company. You started off at Tesla as a technician right out of school. And then you quickly moved up as a TPM. So could you talk a little bit about how it is to work at Tesla, like what the culture is like, and maybe go into a little bit about your journey and how you progressed so quickly within the year and a half you've been there? I joined Tesla as an engineering technician for the Mm -hmm. same team, new product introduction. So I'd support more of the engineering. I mean, you can say more hands-on and more technical as in collecting data, physically interchanging parts, trying new parts. I guess you can say I'm like the front line. 
From there, culture is very collaborative, very passionate people working in a place at the same time. So even myself, when I like to get things done immediately, there's someone who does it quicker. And I'm actually very impressed. I'm like, wow. And it's not even that it's competitive. It's just that everyone's trying to get something done. I guess you can say like pursue the mission to kind of be as most efficient as possible. Being surrounded by those people, you become better, not just yourself, but technical wise, being able to coordinate with different teams and get those projects laid out. I guess it really sets you up for success starting off there. I did promote as a TPM. I think it's, I'd say a year and a half later. I know it's pretty quick, but in Tesla, you're able to get a lot of networking. There's just a lot of people that you work with. I think the way I like to approach it is um, you're kind of like a walking resume. It's not just about how effective you are at getting things done. I'm not trying to confuse with, oh, you're so robotic versus, you know, oh, you're you're actually able to communicate with people. I think I'd like mm-hmm. to differentiate that. So, um, you know, it's not only about how technical you are, how, how great you are at, at creating things. You have to be good at talking with people, uh, being coming into an agreement, coordinating effectively, documenting properly. There's many different ways to pursue this. So I was able to meet a lot of people. I actually began giving my own ideas, documenting a little more for the projects, coordinating a little differently, uh, kind of standing up, taking the first step forward and people noticed and I was able to get the opportunity to promote. That's awesome. Usually TPM roles, it's like a mid-career type of role, right? For a lot of people in different companies where it takes them about like five to 10 years to get into that role. So for you Mm -hmm. to have progressed so quickly at Tesla, right, which is a huge company, to a TPM role is super impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so as a TPM, I honestly don't know what TPMs really do. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Like every project has one. We have a TPM for my role at my company, but I don't really know what the ins and outs of a TPM or technical project manager is. So maybe you could talk a little bit more about what that is compared to a more individual contributor type of technician or engineering role. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that as a technical project manager, you bring in a variety of different teams together to collaborate, to get projects done. Let's say I want a new part. The design team has a new part that they want to update. They'd say it saved costs and it, it looks better for the customer. So then they'd have to go through a new product introduction, which is us. And we coordinate projects and we follow up with the following stakeholders like process engineering, quality engineering, um, buyers. We collaborate to see if we can validate this product for customers. That's kind of what we do. We bring in everyone together to uh, kind of get the projects done. I manage a lot of the projects, hence the name, you know, project manager. But uh, no, yeah, that's pretty much what we do in this business. Gotcha. So you're kind of like connecting all the different teams and departments with each other and making sure that they're all getting the right information that they need. Yes, definitely. I like to say that I'm kind of like a walking node. I just transfer information, kind of set things up, bring people in together and, you know, we execute. That's awesome. Is it pretty common for people to move up that quickly at Tesla? Or do you think that you're kind of an exception in how quickly you're able to move up in your role? I can say through my own perspective, just looking within my group, there were a few people just like me who had a bachelor's Mm -hmm. and then a few even had a master's degree and they started off as an engineering technician. I think we all kind of thought similarly where we had also automotive background Mm -hmm. and we were able to apply it. And that's how we got into Tesla as a technician. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we were able to promote and how difficult it is. I think I was just surrounded with a lot of people who were overachievers, um, (laughs) not in a bad way, but very high achieving people. Mm -hmm. So myself, I guess I was able to immediately learn off them kind of how effectively they 
they do things at work, how efficient they are. So I, I picked up quickly and they were able to mentor me like, oh, Eric, this is how you do it. Oh, you can just do this instead. Mm. Why don't you try this? Kind of gave me a good outline on how to be effective very quickly and it was able to pick up a lot. So thank you to them if they ever watch this. Gotcha. So do you feel like you sought out that mentorship where it just came naturally to you or... Um, that's a good question. It really had to do with reaching out to people. I wasn't just there waiting for the opportunity to come, right? I think for most things in life, it doesn't happen that way, you know? And if it yeah. does, then great. You know, that's that's even nice. But um, I really had to go out there, get out of my comfort, uh, you know, comfort level, and then, you know, actually meet people. I was like, oh, hello, my name's Eric. I work in this team. How are you? And it wouldn't just come, you know, I wouldn't go up to a random person. You know, maybe sometimes, you know, I'm like that sometimes. But since new product introduction works with a variety of different teams, you actually meet a lot of different people. So doing a project, I'll be like, oh, how are you? Like, you know, what are you doing in your role? So I was able to kind of uh, meet a lot of people, working with them, being helpful, you know, also helped me. But in terms of seeking for opportunity, I was there meeting the managers or anyone to get a feel for the role in case I wanted to maybe pivot towards quality engineering or process. Mm -hmm. So from there, I was able to kind of also distinguish what I really wanted to go for. Gotcha. Do you have any tips for meeting new people at work? Because I know that that can be really scary and intimidating for some people, right? Where it's like, dang, that person, they seem kind of cool. Or like, I kind of want to talk to them. I kind of want to network with them. But they're also kind of scary. You know, like, I don't really know how to go and like approach that person. So do you have any mm -hmm. tips for how you go about like, approaching these different people, introducing yourself, etc.? Yeah, so I know it is scary, especially if you're fairly new to the company. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's just something that you have to overcome, you know, just try saying hi to a few people at first and seeing how they'll turn out. Usually it'll turn out really nice. You know, everyone likes being talked to you, right? Um, if you say hi, they'll be like, oh, hello, you know, or, or you know, unfortunately, <laughs> some people are, you know, they're like, oh, hello. And they're kind of busy and like, okay, no worries. You know, maybe I'll work with them in the future or something. But uh, I think a good part of it is always having a positive attitude. And yeah, and kind of going from there, being nice in general or willing to help people as well. I noticed that most of my time actually meeting people was when I would actually collaborate with them in projects. Mm -hmm. So from there, you just kind of learn who they are and how they work, just kind of based off the workload that we're given. So from there, that's how you build relationships. Maybe next time, if you have a question relating to quality and then, you know, they're a quality engineer, you can be like, oh, hey, you know, by the way, I have this question. What do you think about it? And then, you know, they'll be happy to help you. And then go from there, be like, oh, thank you. And then maybe try doing them a favor in the future as well. People like, you know, giving what they get as well. I, I guess you can kind of go like that. Yeah. Um, being able to offer and then you can hopefully receive, right? But yeah, the goal yeah, isn't yeah. to always receive, but you should be willing to give always if you can. And are there any topics other than work-related projects that you like to talk about initially when you meet other people from your company? Or is it just mostly work that you guys talk about? Well, I guess when we're on the floor, it could be work-related, but I think something that really helps is being able to go to work events, uh, mm. really try going to those. I think that's really helpful. Maybe they'll have like a cookout or we're going to meet up at a bowling alley. Mm -hmm. You should really make the effort to go because you don't really know a person if they're always at work. You know, it's always good to meet people outside of work as well, right? You want to meet who you work with, you know, at least to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I think that enriches the collaboration in the work field as well. It's not just about, oh, they're the quality engineer. Uh, give me results, do your end, right? You want to meet the person and then by meeting them, you know, you're willing to help them more, right? Sharon, you're my friend. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to want to help you more, right? I'm going to want to do you a favor. And hopefully like you can be on my podcast? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> your podcast. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, always, yeah. 
<laughs> so it's always good to have those relationships at work. And the way you do that is also going to those work events. I think that's a really good one. Because even like at my company, we have business resource groups or BRGs. And so I don't know if you guys have those too at Tesla. But I feel like that was really helpful in getting me connected with other people with a similar background at work. And so do you guys have something like that at Tesla as well? Or are you a part of anything like that? We do have a few variety of different orgs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say that I'm in the club uh, Latinos for Tesla. And mm-hmm. that's where I can be more people like myself. It could be mm-hmm. first generation or people who actually are from different companies that come and work for Tesla or different countries, I mean, that come and work for Tesla. So from there, we can relay and uh, we have a, like a workshop that help people develop in their career or be outside life and kind of uh, kind of improve overall your professional career. I think that's one of the orgs that I'm in currently that is really helpful and insightful. Gotcha. And have you found any mentors for that role or are they mostly just like peer and friends in terms of the relationships that you've developed? No, yeah, that's a good one. I think uh, there's more room for growth for me in terms of or more involved in that org. But mm-hmm. I'd say that more of my mentorship comes from my own team. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have my, my supervisor and my manager and I'm really grateful to have them because they're always willing to help me. They give me insight on how to approach things, how to tackle problems, and how to develop professionally as well. So I think most of my mentorship comes from my own team. Gotcha. And so while you've been at Tesla and getting mentored by your managers and your peers, what do you think you did in college that helped you land a role at Tesla right away? I think what really did help me was uh, spend a little bit more time working in those labs, you know, physics labs, chemistry Mm -hmm. labs, Mm -hmm. kinematics lab, all those things. I think that really helped develop in terms of how I, you know, not just collect data, but being able to explain it and document it and then write about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a lot of what I do now. That helped me. All those labs, they they may seem pointless sometimes. I know like writing all these documents and stuff like that, but really they do have a benefit to being able to kind of express yourself and and kind of have the data to back it. Yeah, that does make sense. So do you still write a lot of reports, like technical reports in your current role? Would you say that writing is important? Yeah, so not long reports. I don't really write long reports specifically, but something that I have to be good at is maybe I don't know a lot about project A or project B, but I still have to collect the data and I have to understand it and I have to be able to write it and then not only write it, but I have to be able to explain it to other people so that they're able to help mm. if that makes sense. So you have to be fluent yeah. in, in that aspect. So I think that taking all those labs in school and putting more effort into them uh, really did help mm-hmm. me kind of grow in that aspect. Another thing that did help me grow in college were volunteering for different projects. Mm. Um, I did start up a project as in, in my senior year. It had to do with uh, volumetric 3D printing. Maybe we can dive into that another time, but it's kind of like a new uh, method of 3D printing. And I self-started that with my uh, mentor, which was my professor at the time. I found my own people and I kind of gave everyone their role on how to do it. And I think mainly that was the project that helped me develop and realize that I want to do more project-based work in the work field. And then also doing NASA L-Space, doing those Mm long-term missions kind of getting those fundamentals and uh, how to set up a project and how to coordinate really did help me. And I think it helps, it can help anyone really, if they're trying to pursue, you know, any other types of engineering, you know, you have to collaborate with people to get results. So it's always good to be uh, fluent in that aspect. 
I think that you just mentioned a couple of really good points right now. You talked about how you started this project, right? And you kind of headed up this project on your own. And then you recruited a team and then you were like managing this team. And that sounds really similar to what you're doing right now in your current role as a TPM. (laughs) And so do you think that that kind of helped you uh, prepare for this role? It's like taking up those leadership opportunities. I know that you're really involved in SHIP too, right? While you're in school. From all those different opportunities that you've had in school, whether it's the technical aspect, the leadership aspect, et cetera, which were the most important? If you could only pick like three, what do you think were like the most important experiences you had in college to help you in your career afterwards? Yeah, that's a really good one. I think number one would be my senior design project. That one really did help me develop, I think. And and I'm glad that it's a requirement for all students, right? And um, I think that one, the senior design project really can determine who you become in the future, not just because you you pick an industry and you go with it. You know, there's different industry-based projects you can pursue as a senior. But I think what helps you is how much effort are you willing to put in your own project that you're in the Mm. team of? Um, That really can determine how, I I don't want to say how successful, but you know, how, how far maybe you are willing to go, you know, for yourself. There's a few people that, you know, like to be a little bit more free floaters in the project and which is fine, but you know, what are you gaining in that aspect? Are you gaining at least more communication skills? Are you good at, you know, getting people to do your work? I mean, you know, now we're speaking morals here, but, um, you know, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, you're, it's like, how much effort are you willing to put and how much are you willing to gain for yourself? Mm. I think another one is, willing to volunteer and willing to always looking for new opportunities for growth. SHIP was another major development, you know, that helped me. And not only did I join the org, I was exposed to a lot more opportunities like internships. I did have an internship and I got it for, uh, from SHIP. So that was really nice. I wanted to go a step forward and I became president of SHIP on my final year. And that really did help me not only grow my communication skills, my presentation skills as well. Back then I was afraid to Mm -hmm. speak in front of people and um, kind of be able to coordinate all these events as well uh, and then be there for every event. It meant I had to be consistent with what I did. I couldn't just, hey guys, I'm going to go away for two weeks. You know, you have to be on your, on your, (laughs) so, (laughs) so. I'm going to go to right? Mexico for two weeks. Right? Goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gained a lot of, um, you know, um, good experience and, uh, you know, good growth. You know, I grew a lot from that. I think my other ones were, how can I say it? Being able to, I guess this can apply to your whole academic career. Maybe the ultimate goal is to get your degree. You are really doing like a four-year plan taking all these courses, having an end goal, which is your degree, you have to have a lot of discipline and then be consistent, right? Throughout your mm-hmm. whole career. I think that's something very valuable that that can't take away from our uh, us college students. I know that it's kind of easy to forget, oh, we're going through the process. It's a system. Yes, but you're putting all this effort. I don't think you're really seeing or that you kind of tend to not see it since we're doing it every day, if that makes sense. So let's dial back a, a tiny bit. So you mentioned um, that you're supposed to go to college for four years. I didn't go to college for four years. You also didn't go to college for four years. But I think that we're both at pretty stable places now, right? At pretty like good, reputable companies. And we were pretty solid in our careers. So how important do you think that it was to go to college for like those four years? And um, obviously, we didn't go for four years. But like, do you think that going back in time, like if you could have done college in four years, would you have done it in four years? Or do you think that 
the additional years that you spent in college allowed you to do a little bit more soul searching to figure out what you really wanted to do or like what were the benefits or drawbacks of that? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. And yes, it did take me about seven years to get my bachelor's. I think it did help me do a little bit more soul searching, as you can put it, uh, in terms of kind of getting my career going. I like to put it as not everyone is on the same timeline. There's people who go to universities, they maybe take a time off because they don't know. And then maybe for some people, they know what they want to do. And that's, that's amazing. Keep going. And then they'll know what they want to do. And then they'll finish in four years or some who finish earlier. You know, that's, that's even more impressive since you know what you like doing. Um, but I don't think you should base yourself off an exact timeline. If you can do it in four years, great, but don't be afraid to take more time. If you actually mm -hmm. take more time, it can help you get more actual hands-on experience. Something I'd like to note is a few of my interns in Tesla, they actually take way more than four years um, because they want to. They'll take like maybe a semester off to intern at Tesla or they would hop on to other companies as well. So by the time they get their bachelor's, um, they already have about two years of experience under their belt and they can get hired very easily and the transition is kind of seamless. So I'd like to just kind of point that out. Interesting. And so let's talk about that a little bit. So I know that you've helped with the hiring processes at Tesla. And so when you're looking at resumes and screening resumes, do you even care about how long it took someone to get their bachelor's degree? Or do you just look at their experience? Or what are the things that you look at when you're screening candidates? What matters the most to you? Yeah, definitely. So based off what degree you have, it helps me kind of distinguish where you are. <laughs> Sorry, I had a verb. So a few ways that I kind of notice immediately is I look at how the resume is structured. I think that's really good. And I know, I know Shane, you've helped me in the past on structuring my resume. Yeah. So um, that's something I notice immediately. How is it laid out? And what exactly are they showcasing on the resume? Are they showing kind of, mm. um, and, I, and I like this topic, do they just show what they do in the role? And kind of like mm. bullet by bullet, am I reading a job description? Or do you want to show me your highlights? What did you mm. physically do? Did you save the company money? Do you successfully collaborate with your peers? Uh, did you maybe step mm -hmm. up and do something interesting? That's something that I like noticing in resumes. And I see it very often where people don't really know how to structure their essay or kind of put on there. But I think taking a step forward and showing your highlights is, you know, kind of like the way to go. And if we're talking about um, what degree you have, I don't think for me personally, I don't think it matters what university you go to. I know, sorry, Ivy League, but to me, it mostly matters about the experience that you have. Mm -hmm. I know you may say, oh, but how am I going to get experience, you know, if I'm out of a four-year? And I hear that all the time, but you can put in the effort, maybe start up your own project. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. Reach out to other people in the industry. There's many different things that you can do. You can reach out to your professors. Hey, professor, you know, is there a project that you, you're thinking on starting up? You know, I know a lot of professors that have their own little side projects that if you ask them or they're maybe they're working on it, they're trying to get a team going, you know, you can go from there. I know a lot of the times when you're applying, it gets tough, mm. but there's different ways to approach it. I don't want to go into it to depth, but we're all people. You can reach out to them personally. Hey, through email, contact them and then kind of build a relationship there. There's a lot of things that you can do. Again, people take time off as well from school to do long-term internship. The opportunities are endless. If you can't find any experience, maybe try joining an org. That'll really help you. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like ship helped you a ton, right? In terms of getting you more connected, helping you get internships. And on top of that, like leadership experience, because you're president of the organization. Those are huge um, that you were able to do while you're in school and where you were able to also take initiative, right? And it showed and helped you a lot in your career, even after you got out of school. But going back to how you screen resumes and whatnot, um, when you're looking for those actionable bullets, things that people did on their resumes, how long does it take you to like just go through a resume real quick when you look at it for the first time when you're flipping through resumes? How many minutes, seconds do you usually spend while you're going through that? It may take me a few minutes immediately to see, do they look exceptional based off their highlights that they're showing me? Mm. Oh, these guys are above and beyond. I'm going to put them here on the side. Mm. Um, what they're telling me what they've done and you know stepped up on is very interesting. I actually want to learn more. Mm. Um, the ones that look very um, kind of like the structured is weird. I can't really read it. I'll put it aside and I'll prioritize the ones who actually showcase their highlights. And then I'll spend a little bit more time on there. And it's very interesting because when I talk to my friends who are recruiters, so they don't have the technical background, what they'll do is they'll go through like hundreds and thousands of resumes and they'll give them like three seconds at a time. The recruiters already screen, like pre-screen before they give you those resumes, right? So it's interesting to hear that you actually spend more than a couple of seconds reviewing people's resumes when you're, and you're actually like going more in depth. Um, through their resume. And so when you're going more in depth through their resume, do you care about like the summary section that people have on there? Or do you like, nah, doesn't matter. <laughs> Not going to read it. I'm going to just read the resume bullets. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like the summary. Okay. Um, just because, you know, usually the, the summary start off with, oh, my goal is to be, you know, very successful or collaborative. And I just tend to hear a lot of the same style um, on on how you want to develop and what you want to do so i can kind of see that through your highlights okay the experience that you have i can kind of see it through there instead so you're like don't waste the room just write more bullets get rid of the summary section yeah maybe write like an extra a bullet or two if you only have two bullets maybe add an extra one but really focus on the highlights that you've done at work i know that we talked about maybe including a few numbers mm-hmm. how you stepped up you know, how you stuck out in the project or how did you create the impact in those projects? Gotcha. How about cover letters? Do you read those ever if you get them? Yeah, I don't think I received the cover letter for Tesla. So interesting. Um, I don't know if we I don't know if we still do those. I mean, maybe I mean, you know, I'm not a recruiter, but um, okay. I physically haven't read. Okay, so no point in writing that if you'll never even see it. And so now that you have been in the industry for a couple of years, do you have anything that you would have done differently if you're to go back into school keep your grades up Mm. because i noticed that when i was doing my undergrad my gpa wasn't the greatest so it was a little bit more difficult for me to land an internship for that same reason Mm. of course um, companies they actually want to invest in these interns and usually the interns are you know could be higher up in the class as well and uh, the companies are willing to put in resources to train these interns so that they can become full-time employees. A really good thing to kind of um, stick out is to keep the, your grades up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from us both, right? Like I didn't have a super stellar GPA when I graduated from college either. Um, the only reason why my GPA got above a 3.0, barely, was because I had a job offer before I graduated And they told me, you know, I have a 3.0 GPA for you to have this job offer and we're going to check when you graduate. And I had like a 2.95. 
And so I like busted my butt for the last year of college because I was like, if I don't raise my GPA, my offer is going to get rescinded. <laughs> and so as the overachiever I am, I graduated with a 3.01 GPA. <laughs> I remember you told me too, beginning of the year, you're like, I need to, I need to get that 3.0. And I was like, oh man, you can do it. And I remember <laughs> you were like calculating like the courses that you had to take yeah. to like get that and you know that's really great that you got it yeah i remember that that was wild (laughs) it's like crazy right and so um for us both we weren't like magna cum laude summa cum laude we weren't like any of that type of deal right so we had been better students do you think that we would have been like more successful in our careers after college or do you think that all of our leadership experience slash like our initiative um and these different orgs and projects and whatnot were more important than having like a higher academic GPA and doing better in our classes? No, that's a really good question. And I actually do like to think about that sometimes because mm. I'm like, you know, how did I get here? Like, I, I forget, like some, sometimes something just hits me in the head. Having a high GPA does increase your chances mm-hmm. of becoming more successful, mm-hmm. but it does not guarantee that you'll become successful. I like, I like that. I think I like to put it as that. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, there's so many variables that, could take place i mean you could be a very studious individual you know get that 4.0 but maybe you don't know how to talk to people or collaborate or effectively transfer what you know and your knowledge mm-hmm. i think that's a very important trait to have but it really depends i mean having the high gpa and then going to a very prestigious university really does increase your chances i guess it's all based off chances but you know it's not guaranteed and I think also for regular students like us, we didn't go to, you know, you can say that the most prestigious university, we didn't get like the 4.0. But something that I noticed from us is that we're good at networking. Mm-hmm. We like collaborating with people, you know, we're, we're in tech exploited, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, these are the kind of things that we kind of like mm-hmm. doing. We have a little bit more people skills in this aspect, and then that can really help you as well. So I think it just really depends. Yeah. And having people skills is something that you can develop too. If it doesn't come naturally to you, it's something that you could work out of your comfort zone and try and be better at. And it's obviously helped you be super duper successful in your career at Tesla and helped you get to where you are today by collaborating with all these different teams and departments and individuals. Yeah. Um, You have any advice that you'd like to give? What? piece of advice would you want to give them i think a good one is uh stay positive i don't want to make anyone self-conscious but you're a walking resume don't focus on oh you know people don't really know how i am a certain way but they can just see it on my resume everyone can see what you're doing how you coordinate how you communicate with people how you carry yourself you can kind of show the character that you are always have that positive attitude if you can and uh you know be there to uh, collaborate with other people Mm -hmm. Um, it's always good to meet more people. I think that's one of the most important things is um, networking and being a people person. I think that will get you really far and meeting all those connections. Imposter syndrome is real and you may not even know that you have it, but I, f- I still have it today. You know, look at me. I work at Tesla, but as a I think it's always good to. <laughs> yeah, as a TPM. But um, something that you should always be working on or at least be aware of it, that you have it and uh, kind of overcome and then think that'll really come a long way definitely does the imposter syndrome ever go away i don't think it ever will 
<laughs> I feel like you can be a, you'll always have, you know, expectations mm. and then you'll always want to do more. I mean, I feel like you can be CEO of a company and then still be like, how can I be better? Or I'm not good enough. You know, I'm maybe I'm not as, as best as other CEOs. You know, you'll always have that doubt. So I think it's always good to kind of always be consistently working on that. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Tech Exploited. If you learned anything, could you please share this with your friends and family members? I would love to connect with you on TikTok or Instagram at Tech Exploited, where you can find more engineering-tailored career advice daily. See you guys in the next one.